1: welcome to willpower with the first african-american and first woman to hold the register of will's office in the city of philadelphia the honorable tracy l gordon a mother an educator and community leader when there's a will your family keeps the power this show will set the discourse for your family to plan for the future and extend the family legacy call your family and friends and tell them to tune in for a journey into their generational wealth and now ladies and gentlemen Let's welcome Madam Register, the Honorable Tracy L. Gordon.
0: My name is Tracy Gordon. I'm the Register of Wills here in the city of Philadelphia, PA. And this episode is episode number 15 of my show, Willpower. And we're going to make it a little lighter uh, this week. We're going to talk all things marriage license and marriage records. And we have special guests, uh, some of my employee supervisors. Miss Lindsey Keenan and Mr. Jermaine Curry. Now, many of you all call me to register wills, and many of you all may believe that that is only my only title. But I am also the clerk of Orphans Court, so I'm register wills and clerk of Orphans Court. And when you say clerk of Orphans Court, <clears throat> that entails if there are any disagreement or disputes. That you all think on um, the decisions I made as far as anything is, you know, wills and valid wills, you can always appeal to the Orphans Court judges. That appeal process happens in the fourth floor in City Hall, in room 414, and you would have to file paperwork to appeal any of my decisions. So I'm the clerk, so that's where you get the paperwork. In addition to being a clerk of Orphan's Court, I also issue marriage licenses. So for the last four years, you'll see my John Hancock or my signature, Tracy L. Gordon, on marriage licenses. I also retain the records of marriage licenses. We have marriage licenses and archives that date back to the 1850s. So if anybody you know got married in the city of Philadelphia, PA, I have those records dating back to the mid-1850s. One of my jobs and duties is to preserve archives. So if you heard me, if you heard any of these shows, I am tasked to preserve all the archives, all the wills, dating back to the mid-1600s. I have Benjamin Franklin's will. I have Betsy Ross' will. I have John Rittenhouse' will. I have John Wanamaker's will. I have William Still's will. I have James Fortune' will. I have wills of your family, if anybody has ever came to probate their will. We have those physical paper wills dating back all those years. Under my administration, we have begun the process of preserving historical wills and also digitizing so you all will have access to see or request any will. Right now, you can request any will. Wills are public for a low fee. And I just wanted to say that one of the, you know, major accomplishments I made during my tenure was to make sure that those wills were preserved into perpetuity as the law states. As far as marriage records, some of the famous people that was married in Philadelphia was Frank Sinatra, Ava Gardner, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. married his fourth wife, good Mar- Thur- Marshall. Supreme Court judge married his first wife. We also have any marriage records <clears throat> that your family may, if any of your family members have gotten married in the city of Philadelphia, we have those records. As a matter of fact, when I came on, I looked up my grandmother, the late Ruth Coleman, marriage to my grandfather, the late James Coleman, and I found out that where we were tracing our history back to Florida, it was actually in South Carolina. I found that out by pulling her record, their marriage record. So it's a form of genealogy as well. So today's episode, many of you do not know, when you come to our office on the fourth floor, fourth floor, that's where the marriage department is. And room 414 is where you come and get your actual license. Let me give you a fun fact. During my term here as the Registry of Wills, we partnered with the Mural Arts Program to paint a beautiful mural in our marriage license office for couples to pose in front of or after they make their love official. Uh, this mural was completed by artist Nathan Nathaniel Lee, and includes many Philadelphia iconic landmarks. So I, or we as a team, decided that, you know, we wanted to talk to you about how to get a marriage license, um, and how to get your marriage record. So one of the questions that we always get is, do I need a marriage license? Before I get married? And the answer is yes. Jermaine, Jermaine is here. Hi, Jermaine, how are you?
1: Good morning, Madam Register.
0: Good morning. Um, so I just was wondering if we got Lindsay yet. Lindsay is not on yet. So um, how you doing, Jermaine?
1: I'm doing good.
0: I met Jermaine when I first came on, and at the time, Jermaine was um, part of. Uh, the Orphans Court, Jermaine. Tell them a little bit about what you did before you became my supervisor over marriage records.
1: Well, as you said, stated, I worked for the Orphans Court, uh, taking care of the documentations that come in from our customers, making sure everything is documented and sent, and, and correspondence is sent back out to the customers.
0: He did an excellent job, but I needed a supervisor over at marriage records, but. Let's just talk about some of the general requirements for marriage licenses. So all applicants for a marriage license must provide photo ID and documentation of their social security number. And that's the second ID that you need. Both applicants must provide a current valid photo ID. It cannot be expired. These IDs include a driver's license, a state-issued ID, an international driver's license, passports, military IDs, or Philadelphia City IDs. We always get the question, what if someone was previously married? So if either applicant was previously married, they must prove that they are no longer married. Widowed applicants must submit a certified copy of the deceased spouse's death certificate. Divorce applicants must provide a certified copy of their most recent divorce decree. Death certificates and divorce decrees must be in English. If the original documents are in any other language, they must be translated and certified as accurate. Another question that we get is, what if someone has a name changed previously? Do they need to bring any documentation? The answer is yes. If an applicant has had a legal name change, they must provide the certified decree of the court. And you're going to hear us constantly say the word certified. Certified means it has to have a certified stamp. Jermaine Explain to them what certified means so the listening audience will know.
1: Certified is basically saying that it was sealed and signed by the courts. There's no other way around it.
0: So if English isn't their first language, because we always get people um, coming in our office that don't speak English, but we make you, you still can get married. We want to know how can they get a marriage license. So if either applicant cannot speak or understand English, they have to bring a translator when applying for a license. The translator must provide current valid photo ID and must be at least 18. Now let me talk to you about that at least 18. Because during my tenure, two years ago, the state of Pennsylvania up the age that you were allowed to get married. So prior to that, you could get married at 17. My grandmother got married with uh, permission of a parent when she was 13. But currently in the state of Pennsylvania, you have to be 18 years old. No longer can you get married under the age of 18. So now you don't even have to have a parent to get permission to get married because you'll be 18 years old. If the applicants don't have a translator, the Registrar Wills, we can provide one for you free of charge, but you have to contact our office at least two days before so we can appoint and request a translator. So we want to talk about how much does a marriage license cost. A regular marriage license costs $90. A Quaker or self-uniting license costs $100. So people may ask, what's the difference between a regular marriage license and a Quaker marriage license? Well, a Quaker marriage license is one that you do not have to have an officiant um, over your marriage. You can self-marry, you and your partner, can marry without officiant, but you must have two witnesses. So during the pandemic, and I just want to tell a little story about that, during the pandemic, when the entire world shut down and we were all told to go home, close in, Everybody thought or didn't know what was going to happen. People were dying. The only people that was working were essential workers. Essential workers at the time was police officers, firefighters, any emergency workers. Our office was closed down physically, and I started looking at TV, and we were getting phone calls. People wanted to get married because, as you know, There's no common law marriage in the city of Philadelphia since 2005 of January of 2005. So people wanted to get married. They had been with their partners or they were already scheduled to be married or they were scared. They wanted to get married because they still had to go outside and, and and be exposed to the COVID virus. And people did not know. Um, My team and I, we start having zoom meetings And within three weeks of a global shutdown, the Philadelphia office was opened, reopened virtually. And we were having virtual, uh, issuing virtual Quaker, uh, virtual marriages by way of the Quaker marriage. There's only about five to six states that still um, have Quaker marriages. And because we live in a Quaker state, we were able to marry 500, 500 to 600 people who were able to get emergency marriages, and we were the first and only ones in the country, I repeat, the country, that was issuing marriage licenses. And I just wanted to put that on the record because that's something to be proud of. Um, Lindsey um, Keenan, who we're trying to get on, now, was one of the employees that was instrumental in organizing that. And I really appreciated her leadership. And she married over 500 people um, by way of a marriage. And at the time, the requirements was was you had to be, one of the partners had to be from Philadelphia. You had to be an essential worker. And you had to have a medical condition. Those was the three requirements because we would not have been able to uh, uh, absorb the capacity because people from all over were calling us and we were featured in the New York Times. And that's a proud moment in Philadelphia history. So let's talk about the cost of marriage licenses, right? So any corrections on the marriage licenses is $25.00. If you want an additional certificate copy, it's $15. If you want to replace a lost license, it's $25. You can pay no cash, Visa, MasterCard, or money order at the time of your visit. Lastly, how does someone make an appointment to get a marriage license? The easiest way is to email us at MLA. PPT at phila.gov. Marriage license appointment. So, in short, PPT at phila.gov. Or you can just simply call our office at 215-686-6250 and wait for the prompt to say Marriage Department, and it will take you directly to the Marriage Department. You should contact our office at least one month or two before the wedding to ensure that you get an appointment in the right time frame. Our marriage department is located in City Hall, room 413. That's Philadelphia, PA, 19107. And for the appointment, only the applicants need to attend. At your appointment, You will fill out your application and present any necessary documentations or any IDs. So, what happens after someone receives their license? And I want you all to listen to this very clearly. It will be valid on the third day after you apply. So, you can't get married until three days after you apply for that marriage license and it will remain valid for 60 days from the date of issue if you lose the license within a 60 day period you can get a replacement for $10 if you don't use the license within 60 days you must return the license and reapply you'll also have to pay the fee again a reminder Common law marriage is no longer valid in PA as of January the 2nd, 2005. So, I'm telling you all, many people did not know that when I go out and teach people. And it's become problematic in my hearing room when I hear and see people coming in and they're claiming to be the common law wife or common law husband and they can't prove that they were together before January 2nd of 2005, they will not be considered the next of kin, and they will not have any legal authority over any decisions over the deceased body and over the deceased assets. So I always tell people, remember, if you want to be uh, uh, considered, um, you know, Legally married, you have to come get legally married. There's no common law. Make the will. So we're going to talk about marriage records, and we have Jermaine Curry on. And Jermaine started. When did you start, Jermaine? Tell us something about yourself, Jermaine, and when you started in that particular department. I started in
1: marriage records in 2014 uh, as a clerk. Uh, worked my way through just learning everything about the department. And then from there, that's when I uh, was promoted to uh, Orphan's Court and then came back as a supervisor.
0: Yes. And so let's talk about why do people request copies of marriage licenses and how many requests you get per week. What are some of the reasons?
1: Some of the main reasons for uh, people coming into the office to receive a marriage record is for real ID, is one of the top ones right now, passport, health benefits, death certificates, probate, and pensions. On the average, we do about 70 to 125 requests per week.
0: And tell us something really quick about why they have to come to get copies of marriage licenses for the real ID that... Um, they extended uh, the time. Do you actually know the de- uh, the deadline for the Real ID? I know it's well, in 2024.
1: Yeah, it, it, it changed four times, and I, I'm not really sure on this last one. But uh, the main the main uh, reason for the Real ID is for uh, TSA purposes. And I try to educate people that if you have a, a, a passport, then you don't need the Real ID. It's just for flying. But if you don't have it, then you mostly should get it. Because yes. that's what they're stopping people from flying without it.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I'm telling people, you do not have to get the real ID if you have a passport. You do not have to pay that extra fee if you had a passport. How do they get a copy of a marriage license?
1: All right, they have two ways. Uh, they can come in person and request it, or they can do it by mail. And we tell people we have two different types of marriage records. We have a regular certified copy for domestic use in the United States. And then we have an exemplified copy for international use, which is mostly used for dual citizenship. And in person, a certified copy is $70. And the exemplified copy is $95 to have the record expedited the same day. If you want to do it by mail, there is a forty dollars fee for the certified copy. An exemplified copy is sixty-five dollars. And keep in mind that it takes about two to three weeks with the mail. So we would need both of both of the parties' names and the year of the marriage to complete the process. And single search. And another. aspect that we have at the office is a single search affidavit, which is uh, used mostly uh, international when uh, people want to go to a different country and get married. This is one of the requirements that are at, that is asked for and to receive a, a single search first we have to make status of were you ever married. So if you were married previously we would need a divorce decree. Also, with the divorce decree, we would need a valid passport and a valid ID. And if you come in person, there is a $90 fee, plus plus $1 per year from the date of your divorce or from the age of 14, which was the legal age of marriage, which has now been updated to 18. And if you're going to do that by mail, there's a... Forty-five dollar fee, and is plus one dollar per year from the divorce, or from the age of fourteen of age, with a self-addressed stamped envelope, and please no personal checks. Only attorney checks are accepted.
0: And let me just ask you this question because I asked you this before. um, You know what? What? Why? Why, you say you see an increase of people getting dual citizenships. Is that true?
1: That is correct.
0: By the way, what country? Oh, uh, uh, The most
1: is uh, Italy. Italy is one of our top top uh, people who come in and um, getting a dual citizenship. I mean, since the COVID, the numbers have went dramatically. I probably would do about in the 15 a week now we're doing
0: twenty five fifty. I know cuz I have to put my signature <laughs> every time <laughs> I see that envelope that you said it's like madam I need your signatures. Yeah, he, he, you're doing an excellent job there. And you said since covid uh what you said the work or the in- requests doubled or tripled what what what's that?
1: Uh for some reason uh, a lot of people are looking for dual citizenship now.
0: Well, our office is where you would come. Uh, to get the paperwork for dual citizenship. Now, Jermaine, tell us some of the historical, significant marriage license that you ran across in your office. Well,
1: well I have uh, Ray Sinatra, uh have Spencer Wright, Sammy Davis Jr., and also, as you say, a third book Marshall.
0: Yeah, his first wife was Vivian Berry. She was a Philadelphia, and he actually, I believe he went to Lincoln and he married his first wife and was married to her and to her death, and he remarried. Jermaine was one of the first ones that brought it to my attention of how the books that he used on a daily basis are disintegrating. Jermaine, tell them how bad of a shape those records were and are.
1: Um, They're in very bad condition. We're talking about uh, paperwork from the 1800s that is now old and brittle, And, you know, at one time before COVID, uh, we did let people come in and and touch the books and everything. So since now, everything is in so much bad condition, we can't even let people touch the books. Because you have to be very gentle with these books. Talking about history that's going all the way back to the 1800s that we still have to preserve.
0: And people are coming in for this information. And you will see these large manual books that... Jermaine and his staff have to use on a daily basis. Mites are in it. It is disintegrating, which is why we are currently working with CoFile, whose team is preserving and digitizing our marriage and estate documents. Some of these records are in such bad shape that without preserving and digitizing them, they could actually be gone forever. So we are not just protecting famous documents, but we are also protecting your family's documents. Once they're digitized, these records can be used to connect family records and add to family historical legacy. Um Jermaine, we've you know, remember we had to part with those books <laughs> to go file. Yeah. And yeah. what was what was your major concern? Cause I was I was really there. What was your major concern? And tell us how it's going now.
1: Well, um my major concern is just something like a fire or something happening in the building, and these records are lost forever. So now, I mean, with the co file team doing the digitizing, and preserving, um, even though they took some books, um, I talk to them every day. uh, There's no problem. Whenever I need a a record looked up, I shoot them an email. They send it back ASAP, and then, the customer satisfies. Not no holdup or anything before this digitizing going on.
0: Yes, and that was one of the concerns because when they took the books, we were concerned about business interruption when people would come uh, and and ask for information that was contained in these books. We didn't send them all at one time. We send them, and they're in a whole other state. And this company CoFile is so professional. Um, I was so happy because I knew that I would have gotten phone calls because Jermaine is real particular about his work. Um, He's very professional, and I knew that my phone or my, you know, email would be, uh, you know, I knew you would call. I knew you would call, and I have not gotten one call complaint from Jermaine saying that, you know, he can't get in touch to get our records. So I'm so happy that these books are being preserved and now they will be digitized and we will have them in a cloud into perpetu- perpetuity. That, But there's so many records, there's so many paper records that we have to go through. But we're doing, you know, we decided to do the ones that you're using on a daily basis and then we'll go back and decide, you know, which set to send next. I want to take the time to thank you, Jermaine. Uh, Thank you for all the work that you've done. You've done an excellent job in that department, and I wanted everybody to stay tuned uh, for next week when Attorney George Gossett, he will be back on the show to talk about common law marriage next week. You won't want to miss that. Don't forget to follow us at PHLROW on social media to stay updated. That's PHLROW. ROW or Philadelphia Register Wills. We are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. We are all these shows are on podcasts. If you have any questions, our number is 215 686 6250. Again, my name is Tracy L. Gordon, the Register Wills here at Philadelphia, PA. And always remember when there's a will, your family keeps the power. Thanks for listening
1: to Willpower with the Honorable Tracy L. Gordon.